Today we have another very special guest from Mega64. Garrett Hunter is in the building. Shouts out. Hello. What's up, buddy? Hi, everybody. I'm happy to be here. Calling in from sunny San Diego. A little uh, smoky in the skies here. The West Coast is... <laughs> it's a little hot. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. I'm just shocked we have a building. Yeah. You guys are, like, deep inside Mother Base headquarters. I'm calling in from the field. Is that how it works? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> cool. We have uh, field agents just kind of scattered out, you know. We're all in separate, undisclosed locations. Sending people out on dispatch missions. Yeah. I like that. Hey, I'm Fingers. Hey, everyone. This is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. Let's see. So where do we want to start off here? We got a, we got a couple of things here. Well, I'm game for anything. Do we approach you first as as a Kojima fan, or do hmm. we approach you first as a content creator? Ah. Because I could go either angle. Uh, we could talk about how it was like working with Kojima, or we could talk about how many hours you invested in MGS5. Uh, I'm certainly <laughs> curious in both. And do we take a drink every time we ask you a question you've already been asked? Uh, I don't want to die tonight, but okay. <laughs> no, you know, I don't get to talk that much about Kojima. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely a Kojima fan. And uh, yeah, I guess I consider myself a content creator at this point. I always held off on that term. That's such a funny new speak term. <laughs> yeah. But it yeah. is <laughs> it, it is technically what I do. Uh for the Mega 64 boys here. If it's not behind the scenes, it's it's sometimes in front of the camera creating that content. Yeah, man. You're out there shredding doing that uh Tony Hawk stuff, man. Oh, that was that was great. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. Getting to go to the skate park and get filmed for like a work day was just a dream I didn't think I'd ever <laughs> yeah, achieve. Like, so you're sitting there just <laughs> doing the flips, you're like, I'm getting paid for this. Hell yeah. yeah. Even though that video turned into this big prank <laughs> on me. I still, I have no qualms about how it went. It was so much fun to make. Yeah, man. Getting a little video from Mr. Tony Hawk himself. It's, uh, it's not a bad yeah. little part. Oh, man. Yeah, that had me crying. It's nothing like making stuff uh, with a little Hideo cameo, because that's by far my favorite. Yeah. And I think that that brings the biggest smile to my face is when we're, we're making stuff. I like Tony Hawk. You know, I play those games. Yeah. But man, there's nothing like making something like our Metal Gear in five minutes video or something that's so deep into the lore that I love that I really get to like go off the deep end making props and costumes and stuff. Um, and God, of recent uh, date, we did the Death Stranding video. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think mm-hmm. I didn't think we'd get another cameo with Hideo because he's so busy. Yeah. But sure enough, after the video came out, we we were contacted like, hey, Hideo saw this. He wants to know why he wasn't in it. It's like, well, shit, let's, well, we'll put you put you in the behind the scenes. Like, let's figure something out. <laughs> He's really sad right now. But, Watching yeah. him throw up the bird was one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sound in that car all by himself. <laughs> if you haven't seen, we, we did a Death Stranding video at Mega64, and there's a behind the scenes of that Death Stranding video. We go into making the costume and other stuff, but that has the actual <laughs> appearance by Hideo and his crew where, um, well... <laughs> You know, he just wasn't the best cameraman out there. <laughs> 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 but he's got such a good sense of humor, and, like, he gets... I don't know what it is with his sense of humor and Mega64's sense of humor is, like, aligned perfectly. So there's this kind of click. Yeah. I was about to say. And even with the language divide. So he, com- he completely gets it. Totally. Yeah. That's hilarious. I feel like if your humor aligns with somebody, it's, like, your kindred spirits in that right. way. So it's almost like you have that connection with Kojima. It transcends language. Right, we made a connection. We're playing the rope game. <laughs> <laughs> Better a rope than a stick, am I right? Yeah, always a rope over a stick, that's what I say. It's good words to live by. Got that Kobo Abe philosophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that is really funny to like not use him in the uh, in the main video. Like that's, <laughs> and like only use him in the behind the scenes. And then to just like it's, subject him pretty much to like go sit in the car and time out and like just pissed off the whole time. <laughs> That was just that was so funny to me. It's great. 
I think I have uh, some behind the scenes footage we didn't use of him accidentally setting off the car alarm, <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> now we're really pranking him. We don't let him be in the video. We make him sit in the truck and then um, we rigged the alarm to go off as, as soon as he shut the door. <laughs> Just turn Aww. up turn up the AC and put on Joy Division. Yeah. He's okay. <laughs> He's listening. Yeah. I have the AC on. <laughs> so how did, like so they initially just contacted you guys pretty much to to work that out like once they just kind of saw your channel and y'all were just making some fan content or well I mean originally we got in touch through the game developers conference because for years we would do these interstitial videos uh, for the GDC in San Francisco mm-hmm. it would be like at a big award ceremony and inner cut between you know different awards different segments they'd have little mega 64 sketches and back in the day was a hey ash what you playing other groups would contribute you know content and we would um always ask hey uh gdc could we film with the guest of honor you know whoever was getting the lifetime achievement award which first time that happened it was shigeru miyamoto and they said yes and (laughs) it all went off great we met with him and the next year it was, hey, uh, you guys are giving an award to Hideo. Can we get, you know, five minutes with him? And that was the first time. I, I made up Derek and Sean as Solid Snake from four and Raiden from four, um, respectively. Yeah. And then Hideo went around the town of San Francisco with them, kind of hiding uh, behind walls and doing kind of like riding type flips and spins in the sidewalk. And it was just a very basic premise, but he, he was like so into being right there with us and sneaking around. And I mean, it's like an adult playing dress up and running around the city with this guerrilla filmmaking crew. You wouldn't think a game developer would be like so into it. Yeah. He's definitely got that sense of play. Yeah. I remember watching that and he was, I was like, Oh damn, he's taking this really seriously. (laughs) Even more so than uh, Miyamoto, you know, he was, like, so happy and on board and, like, okay, what else? What's next? You know, his <laughs> translator would say, like, oh, what what else can we do? Okay, well, yeah, let's think of another thing. <laughs> Great guy. Always gave us time. And that was, that was the first time. And there's been too many to count now because we'd met up with him years down the road at Comic-Con when he'd be here promoting, like, Peace Walker. Um, we'd done other videos and then, you know, the, the last one, this Death Stranding one that we've worked on, um, he was so busy with the game that I think, uh, I don't even know if, if Rocco reached out to try to get something going for the original video. You know, we, we always do the out in public sketches just for our YouTube channel mm-hmm. and we throw it out there. I think it was then, yeah, once it was out and we saw, I think the official kojima twitter had retweeted it the japanese and the english one mm-hmm. and that's when we know like okay let me rocco sent a dm i'm sure and then started the conversation about when they'd be back in uh, the u.s yeah and the rest is history that's awesome and hopefully more to come he, he he's such a <laughs> accepting and like willing to work with you even on a tight like hey we got five minutes in the middle of comic-con run down to this parking garage so we can get a <laughs> shot of you like you're in some bunker. And he's like, okay, I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy what can happen at those conventions, man. Like magic stuff can just happen like that. They're just like all celebrities there, just like voice actors. And you're just like, hey, let's do this. Yeah. And, like I've had the green Power Ranger break my fingers, I, you know, quote unquote. Uh, you know, I've had Duke Nukem's voice actor do that. You know, it's just and got like oh, a yeah. video with him being like, "Oh, fingers, that's fucking gross." Like fingers, that was fucking gross. It's, it's just like <laughs> it's amazing what can happen at those type things. So like, I can definitely see that that just working out perfectly at one of those things. They're like, "Yeah, man, we got time. Let's do it." I'm missing the live convention so bad. Yeah. I don't really miss flying, but yes. I'm missing the cons. Yeah, man, cons are the, it's where it's at. That's where I normally make my money and stuff. So it's just it's been a rough year. <laughs> Right, yeah. I hope they're coming back soon. Yeah, it's weird because I, I even miss. I'm at the point where, and this is bad to say, I'm even missing the con crowd. Like, <laughs> oh. I, I miss. I even miss feeling shitty a week after the con, and I just like you, like you said, Garrett. I just wish it would come back. Yeah, one day I'll take con crowd over Corona any day. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously. I think that now that we've uh, 
explored sort of the aspects of you as a Mega64 creator, uh, I think we can start going into the actual Kojima fanboy, uh, which yeah. you said that you don't get to talk about much, but we can talk <laughs> about it now. <laughs> Please. Uh, where do we want to start here? Uh, I guess first and foremost, um, what is your favorite Metal Gear? I will say that Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, as a package, so I'm counting Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain as my favorite Metal Gear Solid game. Huh, now, that is not an answer you hear very often either. I, I, I know. I'll fuck with it, though. <laughs> if there's anybody who I think would say that, it would be him. But sorry, continue. <laughs> it's such a decisive answer. It's such a decisive game, which I think is why I love it even more. Um, but I I can't get over how good the Fox engine and the gameplay and the control I have over my character. Spending so many hours in the game, I just I had never learned a game inside and out that well before. So I put that as my highest rated and, and, and favorite Kojima game just because I definitely got the most out of it. The other Metal Gear games I love really for the story, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, we're, we're, we're talking hardware holdbacks when you're PlayStation, PlayStation 2 era games. We got the subsistence and the add-ons where we got some better camera angles, maybe some different game mechanics. The HD upgrades with the, you know, um, HD re-releases are great. The story in those games are fantastic, but the gameplay of five pushes it over the top to be my favorite. Yeah. And that's yeah, I, I yeah. definitely agree with that. And that's that's where people's main complaint, I think, is with five. They're like, yeah, but the story though, and it's like there there's tons of story there. It's just buried in long ass cassette tapes and it just yeah. wasn't delivered Which, like the other Metal Gear stories were. So it's the the open world aspect just kind of shook that all up. Mm-hmm. And I was I was already primed with how deep the lore would go on cassette tapes from Peace Walker because yeah. I did right thoroughly enjoy all of the cassette and like you know collecting of little fragmented story stuff from Peace Walker. And I I feel like Phantom Pain is like. Uh, if if Peace Walker was the prototype, Phantom Pain's the floor model. For sure. Yeah, they definitely just like fleshed out on a lot of the ideas from that game and just like made it more complete. Sure. And now you have this buttery yeah. smooth gameplay. Yeah. And that's I, I didn't mind the cassette tapes at all. Cause yeah, it was basically like a codec that you didn't have to just sit there. Like you could keep sneaking while you're sitting there listening to some some lore. So it was like this especially in a game sure. that you could spend sure. that long just running in one direction. It's like, all right, let me listen to a tape. You know, I think if you yeah, if you it, just listen to the tapes in the helicopter, you're doing it wrong. And I think some of that, yeah, exactly. Some of the heaviest cassette tapes and some of the most, I think, moving story stuff was in Ground Zeroes for me. Oh, yeah, it was rough. Um, and oh, those, yeah. those tapes worked in the app. So I would spend time, like, at work, and I would just throw the, the Ground Zeroes app on my phone mm. and listen to all the cassette tapes I'd unlocked. You know, you could put them in a little playlist and just... Yeah, that was a neat little companion app. Dude, I loved it. Did, uh, did anybody walk past you and, and you kind of had, like, a freaked out face? Like, uh, are you okay, Garrett? Like- <laughs> I'm sure they get that a lot because <laughs> <The> I'm... pause <laughs> tapes. I'm always wearing one earbud and laughing hysterically at whatever uh, radio show or podcast I'm listening to. So people walk by me. They don't see the left ear, but they only see the right ear that's empty. And it's like, what is he laughing at? It's kind of maniacal. (laughs) To that point, um, you mentioned that you appreciated sort of the level of control and the Fox engine, which I appreciate the Fox engine for that. And the fact that it can accomplish that while still also running on a potato. Um, (laughs) But you know, I feel like you would probably, you also appreciated the level of control in Death Stranding. Because I almost feel like, like you said that, you know, Peace Walker laid the groundwork for five. In some ways, I felt like Ground Zeroes and, and Phantom Pain laid the groundwork for um, Death Stranding in both yeah. the level of control you have, even though it was a different game engine. And that whole stranding system, I felt like the FOB system was almost like a beta test for the strand system. Yeah, I totally see that. Because that was yeah. something I had. I had so much fun in, in Phantom Pain with uh, leveling out all three of my FOBs, doing what I could to get the most flame material, as we all know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I didn't, 
I didn't ever do that in gaming before. I never got deep into the meta game and deep into the menus. I mean, so much of Phantom Pain is spent in the menus. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that was something that carried over for me for Death Stranding. I never really thought about that. But yeah, it really does make sense that when I started playing Death Stranding, I found myself again like, okay, before I move to the next knot, I'm going to flesh out every I'm going to five star every porter in this area every every delivery spot I'm going to go to until they're all five stars before I move on I'm going to I'm going to really go into the meta game that's a good point I I never really um had thought about that before but yeah it was kind of a precursor phantom pain to to yeah just picking up all those little crafting things like scattered everywhere you're like I'm going to need these okay yeah, I was just obsessed. Every I wanted every gadget. I wanted all. I wanted all. <laughs> that's that's how I play. The Phantom Pain was good about that until it got up to, man, it was like maybe six months or a year. Once they like got the the online stuff where you would have to like wait like seven days for something to get developed and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, all right, man, I'm out. But. I just realized, like, I'm in the end game yeah. now, so I'll, I'll come back next week. I would set timers and stuff <laughs> in my phone, like, hey, next week my third FOB will be done. Okay, yeah. cool. Whoa, that's next level. <laughs> I'm curious what the uh, what the conversation around Death Stranding will be like, you know, maybe five years down the road once people have had sort of a chance to digest it because yeah. people now are only s- sort of now f- being able to figure out what was going on with the metagame in MGS5 and how the fact that there's all this back and forth and it's not really going anywhere and it sort of has to rely on everybody cooperating to get oh to any sort God. of goal is is like very, you know, Kojima essentially gamified the concept of nuclear deterrence what by showing fun. you how impossible it is. <laughs> Exactly. It, it was such a fun and poignant lesson too. Like, it it really was like, hey, look how fucking impossible this is, guys. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. You know, even in a game. Now, now do it in real life. Okay. Now shut up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I was, <laughs> I listened to your previous episodes, and I was one of those guys refreshing never be game over on Reddit, and like completely just not buying into the ruse, but seeing how much of it could be. And how much of it was total horseshit? Yeah, and it was it was in that end game period during you know the pre release of Death Stranding that yeah I was I was still on Metal Gear Online three trying to farm trying to deter nuclear uh, holocaust I was always in there trying to steal the nukes and I was never very good but they eventually oh, got yeah, it I could on, never well, do it PS three I did it once only and uh, it was PS three that went first that re- unlocked the cutscene i think so do you guys I remember think so. that yeah there was another platform that had a it actually had an integer overflow so there were so many nukes that, that was on steam, it reset right? the counter that was a few years ago yeah on steam on pc it reset the counter we... to some uh, absurd ne- negative value sorry go ahead oh okay because i do remember like when we first got the cutscene. i hadn't seen it you know until I believe is what you were talking about there on Steam. Yeah, the uh, some glitch had enacted it. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the they maxed out the counter so it looped back down to zero. Tricky <laughs> sons of bitches. And that's meta as shit. Going back to zero. Yeah. yeah, it all goes back to zero. I mean, this is Metal Gear. You could consider that a valid strategy. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, they they did it. They, I, I guess I wouldn't technically count a PS3 getting it first. If you cheat and you get it on Steam, that is <laughs> winning at all costs. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a technical victory, which right. makes it the most important type of victory. <laughs> but I'm just glad I don't have to go on there anymore and, like, you know, uh, try... It was like the weekly... Uh, skulls fights was all I would try to farm money and resources by just doing that over and over and over again. That game became an insane task where I would do what I knew that would make me the most amount of resources over and over. And I had all these tricks and all these like tutorials of videos I watched people, you know, other content creators put up little YouTube tutorials and I would learn every little thing. I feel like I just played that game so inside and out. You pretty much had to do that, too, because eventually you got to that point where you had to, like, if you're going for the, the trophies and stuff, trying to collect every animal, 
Uh, you oh, had to yeah. like keep dropping oh, down for that God. one. What was it like a tortoise or something? And it was like rare as shit. But yeah. it like cost you yes. all the uh, GMP every time. So it's just like, damn, this is getting expensive. Yeah, that's the only game I've platinum. Yeah, I, that's I made sure to platinum it. It was it was good. So did you start following Kojima with Metal Gear, like, or was it another game? Like, what got you into Metal Gear and, and Kojima games? Okay, I had. Let's see, I had Metal Gear for the NES. You know, our U.S., not Snake's Revenge, but I had the original one, Mm -hmm. which still isn't, you know, the MSX version. But I didn't, you know, as a kid with a Nintendo, I didn't know anything about, you know, Japanese developers or anything. So it was just a game I played. It didn't really pay any mind. But then in high school, a buddy of mine uh, got a hold of me, and, you know, we played NES back in the day, and he was telling me, hey, Metal Gear Solid is coming out. It's a it's like a sequel to that old Metal Gear game we used to play. Mm-hmm. But it, this shit's like brand and he he hyped me on it. Mike shouts out Jordan Tidwell. Shouts <laughs> out. <laughs> nice. But uh he 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 clued me in on that and then same thing. It was like a month later or no, it was like years later. Uh hey, Metal Gear Solid 2's coming out. And then, you know, I was hooked. Once I played through... Yeah, from there, you got to get hooked from two, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, once I played through the first one, I was kind of on board with, like, a Hideo Kojima game. Okay, this guy must be big shit. He's putting his name in front of his uh, games. All right. It's like a Spike Lee joint. (laughs) (laughs) So, and and then, you know, I I was very much uh, paying attention to the release of two, and I remember getting Zone of the Enders just for that tanker mission. Yep. Played the hell yeah. out of that and did enjoy Zone of the Enders. Yeah, the, the joke at the time was if you bought the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo, you got Zone of the Enders for free. <laughs> right. Definitely. But that that was what, what hooked me was the first solid game. Yeah, it was pretty much my exact same experience. Like just growing up with that NES game, just being like one of those NES games that was in the pile and uh, like kind of remembering it. And then yeah. my brother came to me and was like, you remember that Metal Gear game? They're making a Metal Gear Solid. And I was like, that sounds stupid. Because I just, I didn't know. Like, <laughs> And I was like, what does that mean? But uh, yeah, then I the first time I played it and the... Uh, the first time they said, you know, whose footprints are these? I was like, oh shit, this is this is something different. Okay, yeah, it was a hard game. I yeah. mean, I'm not I'm not yeah. that skilled. I I I host a weekly Twitch stream called the Poorly Played Stream. So I mean, the name is fitting <laughs> because I remember struggling um, even all the way up to four on my first playthrough i was terrible 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 until i like learned the mechanics of those games on maybe like second and third playthroughs i had a hard time and and in high school with the first metal gear yeah i remember really suffering yeah each game definitely makes you like learn its system and learn it well to like succeed mm-hmm. just, yeah it's if you fuck up it's just like oh here we go and at that time, I would play a hard game, and if I got stuck, that thing would be back on the shelf or back at Blockbuster. I'd be given up. <laughs> Return to Babbage's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, okay, so I think I'm a little too young for the whole, like, oh, I, I played this on MSX or NES, but I do remember getting the, um, that Pizza Hut demo disc. Yeah. And, and trying to play through and, and just barely getting out of the dock and just being like, yeah, fuck this. Eight years old. <laughs> like, I want to go back to Spyro. Yeah, these swim controls are weird. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then I see, I go to my grandma's house and I see my uncle playing the finale, you know, fighting Liquid on top of the Metal Gear and then, wow. and then taking the Jeep right out. And he was struggling himself. And it was just like, it looked so cinematic and, and nothing like I'd ever seen that I was willing to take the brunt and learn this game just to see more of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. You got to play that at eight, too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it scarred me for life. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cinematic nature of all of the Metal Gears, but Metal Gear Solid as like an introduction to cinematic kind of storytelling. I had, you know seen that in rpgs before but never in an action adventure game yeah not like this not uh, not you know the the cutscene length and at the time i was so impressed by graphics and anytime you got cutscene graphics it was better than gameplay graphics and this was almost 
unique because it was the first time they were mixed. Like the cutscenes were the in-game graphics. Yeah. Right. And that was new to me too. Like I, this game looks so good. They don't even need to pre-render cutscenes. Yeah. I'll have to show you some footage later during the development stage of the game. They were going to use full motion video like you see in other games. Like Resident Evil? Yeah. And it's really weird looking. I don't think I've seen that either. (laughs) Wow. I bet. As, As FMV should be. If it's not yeah. like if it's not weird looking, then what's the point, really? Yeah, if you if you play um, VR missions, uh, the intro cutscene to that shows you kind of a little bit of it. That's right. Yeah, there is some weird like pre-release <laughs> kind of swooping camera, you know, intro stuff for that. I've seen that. Now that you mentioned VR, I do have a question about that. Um, do you remember? the level when they, they you like take the pictures of the models of like Mei Ling and Naomi are those were the nitroid were those supposed to be FM, in the FMVs I don't know if they were supposed to be in the FMVs but they are higher resolution models I'm going from memory here it's been a while but the the polygon count on the Mei Ling and Naomi models in photo mode are at least double uh, of what snake and the rest of the game models are so oh, wow. if you right. if you look and up close on them if you look at the the texture files the, the quality of them is, is ridiculously higher. Oh, I just remember them having eyes instead of just, yeah. like, that dark area where A their shade. eyes are. <laughs> yeah. The scribble. Speaking of poorly played stream, um, oh, yeah. that's a good segue into our next topic, uh, which is actually your MGS3 run. Of, oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'm deep into... Uh, the Metal Gear Solid Summer Stream, which is a, a thing that uh, I started here. I, I host the show with my buddy Brian, and um, we both, every Halloween, I would play a different Resident Evil game, and I would have to complete it by Christmas, which you think, we got a long time. But streaming for, you know, an hour and a half once a week, it, it really got close to, like, the Christmas deadline, or I think we actually extended it to new year's Eve at midnight. I had, and then we thought, you know, this is such a pain in the ass and we get stuck playing resident evil for like three months. Let's do this to ourselves in the middle of the summer. Brian thought, and he proposed the metal gear summer stream, very similar to how we play resident evil. We play through one metal gear solid game every year. And this year I'm in the middle of three. This is the third year we've done it. And I think last uh, Wednesday, I just, at time of recording, I just beat uh, The Sorrow. That was the boss fight I was on. So that's about where we're at. Gotcha. Trying to sneak back into Grozny Grad. That's a fun little bit. But it's taken a while. How long was that Sorrow walk for you? Or did you just like, <laughs> I did you had just to take it. the pill? <laughs> no, I had to do it twice because I fucked up and I accidentally touched his body and then it continued oh, before no. I took the pill. Oh, man. I, oh, um,. No. I get a little distracted. That's the worst to do that second walk of shame. It's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, and on stream, uh, not embarrassing at all, right? <laughs> I, I do, uh, you know, we started the game first day of summer, first week of summer, you know, and uh, we're still going, and I would love to switch and finish this because there's so many new games I'd like to stream, you know? Yeah. But, um, but we're at that sorrow fight, and uh, I got all the way to the end, and then was talking and hitting sound effects, and instead of hitting the uh, revive pill, I hit the continue, and then it was like oh, shit. silence. Oh, the no. chat started blowing up. I'm like, "What? What's wrong, Brian?" He's like, "You gotta do it all over." No, 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 no. We just, it's just the ending <laughs> again, right? He's like, "No, you gotta do it all over." And of course, I wasn't being careful, and I accidentally slit so many throats on this playthrough. So I've got a full river of the dead to deal with. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're all telling me, like, oh, my neck hurts. Oh, Yeah, you got to hear that ouch. a bunch of times over and over. I'm like, shut up. I'm sorry. It was my finger slipped. I'm heavy handed. It's pressure sensitive buttons. On this I know. There's so much. So much. This is really only my second playthrough of Metal Gear 3 as like a complete playthrough. I played it, you know, when it came out. Mm-hmm. And then when I got that 3DS version in 3D, I played through maybe the first hour when the HD collection first came out, I maybe gave, you know, a couple minutes in the jungle run around, and then I was like, oh, okay, cool, you know, I got other shit to play. So I'm really learning how many multiple uses each button has and the pressure sensitive, even like on your square button and your circle button. Yeah. Half a press is different than a full press. That's pretty rare for 
that era of gaming, as far as I remember. So yeah, not a lot of games use that. I'm I'm wondering how the hell they're going to port these games with the new controllers not having any pressure sensitivity. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. A double press, maybe. I you know, I don't know. Yeah, something like that, or like they did on the 3DS, where you've got like the D-pad map to it, but yeah. then that changes the mechanic there too. Yeah, so. you got the stalking. Yeah walk right there that's why i'm a firm believer in keeping your con we were talking about consoles and repairing the old ones before we started here today but i am all about like original hardware original discs and uh trying to keep the original content available to me so it's hard though yeah yeah that's why i could never go all digital it just it would drive me crazy no i love uh kojima game so much i don't want sony to dictate like what i'm allowed to play on when they want to sell it or put it up on whatever consoles store they have at, you know 10 years from right now, you, you purchase it and they decide knows? to take the servers down it's not really yours anymore i'm fucking right. uh, dude i got cold feet after the whole pt thing and that's another kojima just like uh you know a, a warm place in my heart forever yeah just for the playable teaser and uh I, I just hate how hard it is to hold on to that little slice of digital media. Yeah, if you've got that, don't let go. <laughs> <Yeah>. Never. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. It's not available on PS5, so. Well, you know, I wonder if it'll work, because a lot of the times when they do compatibility, it's it's sort of a broad spectrum compatibility, and then they'll go in and tweak games where there are problem cases. So if you can transfer data from a PS4 to a PS5... Someone will do it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try yeah. it. There's a chance. See if I can pull it off. Someone will figure it out. If they're figuring out how to get Metal Gear Online 2 playing again, I think these guys... <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, leave it to the, the Redditors. They'll figure something. They got one and two, should mention. They got both of them working. Gosh. And three's still up. So, yeah. You got you got everything in front of you. Yeah, now they're, they're modding three. So... <laughs> That's People are starting to work in like custom levels and characters. I feel like we um we gave you a new hope in life <laughs> with this whole like hearing about this whole MGO two remake going on. Yeah, last your last podcast was so informative and um something I'd heard I, I've heard little bits and pieces of people trying to get MGO two working again, but listening to the in depth conversation that you guys had and um shouts out to your previous guest uh, so interesting and like shouts out nurse psych yeah, yeah. shouts out so i got to ask the uh the forbidden question here oh i'm ready did, for it did uh did you play survive and what did you think <laughs> so uh you guys had an episode about getting your kojima card <laughs> yeah. revoked get that metal gear card taken away that would probably <laughs> My, my Metal Gear card would probably get taken away because of the fact that I never shit-talked Survive. I played the fuck out of it. I yeah. streamed quite a bit of yes. it. I thoroughly enjoyed Survive because I wanted more than anything to just be back living in the Fox engine. Yep. And that was really, aside from like FIFA, um, or no, winning eleven seventeen or whatever. Like, I, there was no other game where I could exist in the Fox Engine, and I could make my mother base crew just the way I had them in Phantom Pain. I dressed them all up in the BDUs and everything. Like, it was to me an extension. I know it's not canon and it's not even Kojima. The story was wacky as hell, but I wasn't playing it for that. Yeah. I was just I was back into one and one controls and then after they updated it to where you could switch the controls back to the phantom pain style i was like one-to-one -one back in the fox engine even though it was you know smashing nonsense zombie kind of uh enemies i really like that game yeah i had a blast with it man plus you get to fight kaiju yeah yeah it it it, it still had stuff left on the table for me because i couldn't get to the point where like i could battle those big kaijus in the single player story mm-hmm I think I sniped one of them once I got a big enough uh, weapon, but I, I, there's still stuff in that game I have left to finish if I ever want to go back. But that was great playing online. I was so fed up with FOB stuff, and like I said, grinding those Skulls missions every week. Yeah. I wanted something new, so it wasn't Kojima, but it was a little bit more of that kind of gameplay from Phantom Pain, so I really enjoyed Survive. Yeah, it's definitely how I looked at it. It's just like an extension of, of that game, and just like it was just a good time. 
And that's I think yeah. everybody looked at that game way too seriously and were just like disgusted at yeah. the idea of it. They just they didn't treat it like objectively. And a lot of people that did play I, that first hour didn't get like any of the advanced moves that like made that game control really well, like the running attack yeah. and all that stuff. Is like, oh, okay, here we go. Now I'm efficient. Yeah, and and planning out kind of strategy. It was a totally different gameplay. It was almost tower defense yeah. in some it's ways. Wave you defense. know, like yeah. exactly. Yep. I would never, I would never have experienced anything like that in the Fox Engine if that game hadn't come out. So I always looked at it as like, all right, if you don't like it, you don't have to play it. But the hatred that people had for it was just because of what was happening in the media to Kojima, yeah. to Sony, to Konami, and all of those factors. I think led up to the internet hating that title and hating Konami for releasing it. Yeah. While I was sitting there like, hey. You got my money. Pre-order's already in. Yeah. Video game go brr. Yeah, and it's just a goofy spinoff. Yeah. yeah, like Acid. or like I looked at it as like a Twin Snakes or whatever. Like I, And I also feel that eventually when Konami does go, hey, we're remaking Metal Gear Solid, and if that's with or without Kojima, and it's like a MGS1 remake without Father Hideo, I gotta say, I'll be there day one to just see what it's all about yeah i'm not gonna hate on it until i've played it but there are people out there that are like no that's an unholy creation you cannot remake metal gear solid just for a cash grab konami yeah. but that's it's like it's gonna happen <laughs> it's gonna happen you think it's you think it's inevitable it's their ip they can do what they want with it but okay exactly yeah and never say never you know like uh in the Japanese business world, I don't know if any bridges were burned, and it seems like time heals all wounds. They may be talking to Hideo about Silent Hill stuff. They may be talking another five years down the road about more Metal Gear stuff. Who knows? Yeah. Man, that would be so funny because he has tried to get away from that series for so I know. long. <laughs> I keep pulling me back in. <laughs> but what if they were like, you can produce it and put your name on it, but you don't have to direct it, and you find someone that you want to direct it. Like, how cool oh, would that be? Oh, he couldn't help himself. We'll publish it. Yeah, you know, he'd dip <laughs> his toe in everywhere he could. But just let Konami publish, you know? It seems Anything like they're kind of going that direction, too, because they've started publishing indie games. Yeah? Yeah, there's uh, a... Yeah. What's the new one? It's Skull Attack, Skull I think? Attack? Skull Attack, yeah. All right. So it's not just Pachinko, like everyone said. Oh, I mean, the pachinko jokes are still rolling. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like it's 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 diverged a little. You can actually straight up buy those machines, too. They're, they show up Ooh. on eBay from time to time. It's like 700 bucks, but you can yeah, get one. Yeah, that's cool. I, I love that that even came out um, just as a Metal Gear fan because I've got footage in high resolution within the Fox engine of some of my favorite characters yeah. from 3 now, you know. My watch just background, about even. That. The high res the boss. I love that uh, high res ocelot. Yeah, who's y'all's favorite Metal Gear Solid character? I'll go first, and I'll just say that I've got this like this this undying love for the boss. I don't know what it is. The virginal white sneaking suit, uh, the holier than thou attitude. But I'm just I'm on deck all the way whenever she's on screen. <laughs> Days think she's a fucking weirdo, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 Tell me. Uh, yeah, I was putting that two and two together. I was like, okay, he listened to the card episode and he loves the boss. I was like, fuck. Okay, he's treating me nice though, so I'm just gonna <laughs> let this roll. <laughs> hey, everyone's got their weird opinions. Yeah, these are mine. Oh, the, car, the the opinions that get your card taken away. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, Solidus. I always thought he was pretty interesting. Oh, that's a good one. Because he's a he's such an asshole through most of the game, and then you get to the end, and you're like, oh. Okay, this guy's kind of making sense now. Yeah. That empathetic villain type. Are you one of those solidists did nothing wrong? Oh, hell no. He did a lot wrong. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Gary? Where do you you, uh, land on that? Yeah, I mean, he hijacked the whole country's uh, political system by putting himself as a figurehead president, you know, I... I can't. I can't get behind Solidus. Yeah, everybody would cancel him today. He wouldn't make it. Oh yeah, he'd be done. You can't have Solidus in 2020. Oh, they would have like Twitter posts of him like with child soldiers giving oh, him yeah. that bullet. 
a gunpowder meal. Just just gun everything he meal. did to Jack. Everything he did to Jack alone would just get him canceled in a heartbeat. You just have like one of those crying videos just talking about everything that happened. Yeah. Hashtag cancel George, George Sears. Sears. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag impeach George Sears. Or George Sears is over party. Take away his two P90s. <laughs> yeah, I've uh I've always been partial to uh Gray Fox and Kaz. Those are okay. my uh those are my two, yes. I would say. Kaz is such a sad character. I love his the the sadness of his story. Yeah, it, it really is a tragedy. Yeah. Um, especially if you look yeah. how like optimistic he was like pre fiddle incident. It's like mm-hmm. it's uh yeah, he, he definitely does a flip character wise. He's scorned. Yeah. Like a lover scorned. Yeah. He hates Big Boss. Yeah. And then you kind of see him, you know, in uh Metal Gear Two Solid Snake and you know, he's all about like the fondue and stuff. He like he does eventually kinda go on to live some happier times, but you know, then he yeah. dies in his home. But you know, that's all good. <laughs> you know, I like I like that arc. It's not bad. Yeah. Makes a great burger. Yeah. <laughs> we were having a conversation, like a like a true crime type conversation about how exactly Kaz died in his home in parallel to the events of Shadow Moses. So it's like, okay, if Ocelot walked in in this angle and came in and shot him this way, he would have this much time to get back to Shadow Moses for the events (laughs) while still being responsible for his death. Um, Which, you know, it it intersected my love for true crime and Metal Gear. Uh, But that is actually a great segue into my favorite characters, um, which I want to separate... To from the macro to the micro. Um, as far as the macro, uh, I would definitely say Revolver Ocelot. Yeah. Um, just him being the catalyst of everything. Um, yeah, almost while also, like majority player in every single story. Right, right. To the crazy. point where if you, if you kill him in the HD remaster, you get that achievement, like problem solved, series over. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. You, you, you could always do it in the the third game, but if you do it in the in the HDs, you get that achievement. Dude's the Loki of the series. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's almost astounding how much chaos magic Ocelot possesses. And then in terms of the <laughs> micro, um, because I, I do want to you know put a spotlight on you know the less popular characters, but I always loved Fortune, Fortune and oh, Two. Yeah. Um, you know, I loved. I mean, she was essentially a plot device, and that that was kind of the point of her story. But the finale of that that arc where she's, you know, actually having her fortune, like, yeah. divert those missiles, I just chills down my spine every time. Her overcoming the turn that her power is just based on technology and going, no, I am fortune and I do have these powers. And then you get to see that on screen. That was a really cool ending for that character. Definitely. Or did they turn it back on? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> wow. Ocelot. Okay. You know, the, the little optimism I had, Nitro, you just slam it down. You're welcome. Get that shit out of there. Your two characters, like, cancel each other out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one's going with Null. Well, that's like uh, Gray Fox. You know, that was that was my other yeah. guy. You know, with Kaz and just like I don't know, all the he's definitely a tragic character too. Everything that was like done to him is pretty. You know, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah, um, I think we could get another game somewhere. You know, uh, out of him, I think that'd be a good way to go. Yeah, I liked, I liked your uh, your crew's idea on the last podcast about. If there was a spinoff, instead of this, you know, everyone wants the boss and, you know, the Cobra unit fighting in World War II, storming the beaches in Normandy kind of thing. I I would like to see, like, what you guys were talking about is uh, develop a side story with some of these side characters. Yeah. You know, so, something smaller but still within the universe. Damn, and you can even do the game like that. Like, have the game anthology style, which is like, this mission, you're the boss. This mission, you're Gray Fox. This, and it could just be, like, broken up into little side things instead of trying to yeah. be this big, overarching, long story. Like uh, like Umbrella Chronicles. Yeah, I think you yeah. mentioned that on, a, on an episode a while back, yeah. But better. <laughs> or I'm with you guys, give Raiden another shot. Yeah, I mean... That's what I'm saying. Rising, you know, was a, a damn good time. Fantastic, yeah. So I gotta I gotta share something. Yeah, you guys uh, on one of your not to change the subject here, but you guys made me laugh so hard one time. 
and I, and I debated bringing this up, but oh no, please! Um, the uh, when you guys sweeted Metal Gear Solid, yeah, um, okay, that had me on the floor laughing. But what put me over the top was there's a scene in it where you've got an exclamation point popping up behind one of the guy's heads. Sure, yeah, classic and, Metal um, Gear gag. Yeah, but the music you used was an old MIDI that I wrote like yes! 10 years ago. Okay, you, oh my God. <laughs> it's come to light now. It was you, Nitroid. I yeah. know I know. Rocco told me, he's like, dude, after we released the Metal Gear thing, I used some MIDI for one of these files and the artist actually contacted me. He's like, bro, I made this like 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, it's cool thank you well, and uh, so you were okay with it it seems but, yeah dude uh, I, I couldn't believe it I, I, I about you. passed out I was laughing so hard I was thank like you, oh dude. no they found it it was so embarrassingly bad you helped contribute to the uh, video thank you so much um, oh, fit the mood of sweeted for sure it was a sweeted mini <laughs> when we do these uh, you know we started kind of in the anime forte, we redid these Dragon Ball Z videos where we God, were doing them uh, sweeted in five oh, those minutes. those were amazing. Mm-hmm. So we, we've kind of took our In Five Minutes series, and we're still doing Dragon Ball stuff. We're still doing other anime, but we wanted to, ana- we, we wanted to kind of like get a, a foothold in the video game world too and go, hey, we'll make these sweeted, you know, In Five Minutes style videos for games as well as anime. Uh, so let's do Metal Gear Solid first. And that was... The first one we did and, and it's so hard finding you know music for these because a lot of the licensed stuff gets you pulled off youtube it's hard to put that stuff up as a content creator so midi has been our last saving grace and you'll kind of scour the internet for you know uh, what's what's an unregistered you know isn't gonna get us clipped by warner music here oh here's here's a remix of uh the best is yet to come. Actually, that was you, Finger. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't used that one yet, but well, it's coming. You got my permission. But it, it, it's so funny that it comes full circle that that was your MIDI, Nitroid. When did you make that? Oh, God. I was like probably 13 or 14. That's, oh, I don't even remember. Fantastic. Early 2000s. <laughs> A long time ago. Yeah, 2001, 2002, something like that. Yeah. Those, th- those uh, in five minutes... Uh, are so fun to make and being able to do the Metal Gear Solid story that I was so familiar with and so attached to, it was like truly a labor of love. And God, the stuff that we got. I know you guys sweeted it, but the production value in that was amazing. (laughs) Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, you do a lot of the prop creation for that, right? Yeah, my main role here at Mega64, you know, aside from podcasts and game streams and stuff, is I'm there uh, in-house uh, special effects, makeup, and costume prop designer uh, with sets kind of on the side. Sean and I do a lot of sets together too. And for those In 5 Minutes videos, Sean and I put most of those costumes together just from stuff we have already in our costume closets mm-hmm. uh, or anything we can kind of scrap together to make it look homemade. There's almost a level where the f- humor comes from the look of you know like that movie be kind rewind you know yeah uh it looks yeah. silly it looks like painted cardboard and they're making these uh, rush hour remakes you know jackie chan and chris tucker but it's uh most deaf and jack black we, we were going for that and definitely like in dragon ball you see like frieza's head is a trash can lid painted purple and white <laughs> yeah. like oh yeah that is exactly what frieza's <laughs> yeah. head looks like so there's this this element of the viewer has to recognize a real world item that's slightly modified to make this like cheapened cosplay basically. Yeah. With Metal Gear, I found it very difficult because all of that equipment exists in real life. So when I was putting together all the costumes for all our boss fights and all our characters, it's like, well, yeah, I've got these BDUs, I've got these uh, pistol belts and I've got this knife holster and I you know all of the stuff looked real and we got a lot of comments on the Metal Gear in five minutes that was like it looks too good <laughs> the production value is higher than it was in the Dragon Ball stuff but that's simply because you know we had to make all the Saiyans armor out of like football pads <laughs> but you know Sniper Wolf's <laughs> outfit and, and Solid Snake's vest and all that stuff is like well, I can just get that real vest and that real pistol belt, and here's a FAMAS, and here's a 9 millimeter. you know. So all the guns and everything looked too good. So I think 
we've learned our lesson and we're walking it back. With the next one we're in production on right now, it's another anime. Um, I won't say which, but uh, we're going back to making it look less good, if that makes any <laughs> sense. There's a fine line to walk, I guess. But I'm glad you guys enjoyed the uh, Metal Gear Sweeted. Yeah, man, that was, that was an amazing video. I can't wait till we get to do two. Yeah, hopefully that's uh, in the pipeline. Oh, you are going to do two? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, we're going to keep, uh, we've got a release schedule and we definitely have plans to just keep going, you know, down the Dragon Ball sagas and then throw a video game in there every other one. And we got to hit up, you know, probably some of our other favorite video game series, but then we need to go back to Solid. And you know, we need to do Solid 2. And I can't wait to get to Metal Gear Solid 3. Hell yeah. It'll be a lot of lot of good makeup time for you. Eventual. Mega sixty four is the cockroach of the internet that has existed before YouTube, and then yeah, hopefully around twenty seventy five, we'll be releasing uh, Metal Gear Solid three, <laughs> sweeted in five minutes. <laughs> we'll all be hooked up to breathing machines. That's great. Someone will have to unplug you, like Big Boss and Zero at the end of four. Yeah, like, he did good. We could really, we'll really kill Rocco as the end <laughs> in that boss fight. It's gonna be his. Grand achievement. You think you'll be calling it Mega 128 by then? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. We need some younger uh, members to step in so that we can just start making them be on camera. <laughs> well, hopefully by then, maybe they'll have like cloning technology and then you can just True. clone yourselves. Liquid and then Garrett. it'll be like really Metal Gear. Yeah, Liquid Garrett. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Sew my arm onto him. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, it tries to kill you and you're like, hey, stop it. Uh-oh. What did I do, man? You're my clone. Yeah, man, we're uh, coming up here on an hour. Um, if you want to plug where people can find you, you know, on your Twitter and Instagram and stuff and uh, where people can find all the videos. What a fun time, man. Time flew by. Yeah, man, that was, that was definitely a good time. I'm amazed. Time flies when you're talking about Metal Gear. Yeah, that's true. When it's a labor of love, it's no labor at all. And I can be found... At Garrett Hunter, that's G-A-R-R-E-T-T, H-U-N-T-E-R on Twitter. And it's Garrett Hunter 64 on Instagram. Uh, but all you really need to do is check out the poorly played stream. I stream that every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific on the Mega64 Twitch. And that is twitch.tv slash mega64 podcast. We're always doing stuff. Mega64 TV is always live on our Twitch channel with our old videos. And then all the live content is programmed in. We got podcasts on Wednesday nights at 6. My show, again, poorly played stream Wednesdays at 7. All kinds of stuff over at twitch.tv slash Mega64 podcast. Yeah. Y'all got that uh, that shop, too, where you guys sell a bunch of merch all the time. Oh, baby. The shop, the, the the website, you can pretty much just Google Mega64 to get to our YouTube, our webpage, our shop, um, all the appropriate social medias as well. But yeah, those are my boys. That's my crew, and I'll be hanging with them for quite some time. Shouts out to the boys. Shouts out to Mega64, and shouts out to Garrett. Thanks again for uh, coming on the Kojima Frequency again, man. We really appreciate yeah. it. It was a, definitely a blast. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, guys. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I, I want to say a special thanks to Fingers for always letting me throw your tracks into my streams. The music that you guys, uh, that, or that you've been producing has been fantastic for streaming. And, hey, no and problem, I, buddy. I always appreciate the... Uh, the ability to play some music on the stream. So thank you. Yeah, anything to dodge that content ID, you know, throw something out. Gotta <laughs> just slow it down, speed it up, throw some sound effects in. Yeah. 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 I was about to say, can we get some yes? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks again, buddy. All right, thank you. All right. Later.